1: The road to Roland Garros heating up today in Europe as events in four different locations taking place. Some big names in action. The number one player in the world, Novak Djokovic in action, Stefano Tsitsipas, Emma Raducanu as well. So we got a lot to take you through here on TC Live. Welcome to the show, everybody. On today's show, we'll give you the highlights, interviews, analysis of a great day of tennis. A little rain sprinkled in as well. We'll get to that in a minute. A controversy about wild cards in Spain. We'll tell you about that. And some wedding bells, some nuptials we'll tell you about on the ATP tour as well. Welcome into our Santa Monica, California studios. I'm Rob Simulcare. He is Chris Eubanks doing a great job here all week with us. And this is Chanda, Chanda (laughs) Rubin with us as well, inside joke. Well, guys, we just saw Annette Contivate continue to just be red hot. 22 wins in a row. She had to work for it in this one.
2: Yeah, but when conditions are still and indoors for her, she just seems to play some of her best tennis. She's so solid from the ground, uh, Contivate, and really battled after losing that first set. It was impressive the way she turned things around, found a way to adjust her game, and that has been a staple for Annette Contivate. It's why she's had such a terrific ending to last year and continuing that form this year.
1: Chris, you just called that match. That was not an easy one. Alexandrova really made her work for it, especially
3: in that third set, a nice comeback. Absolutely, but... As we see, winning is a habit. Anytime you're able to kind of go out there and find your way through and maybe not play your best in the clutch moments, I'm sure at five-four serving for the match, she's probably very confident, saying, you know, this is exactly the position I want to be in. I'm going to close this out, maybe go home, go back to the hotel and rest a little bit. Things don't always work out like that. She had to kind of dig and fight and scratch and claw. She dealt with Alexandrova, who was playing extremely well at certain points in the match, serving extremely well. But, you know, winning is a habit. You just can't help find your way to win. Well, somebody who's in that habit of winning is Novak Djokovic,
1: the 20-time Grand Slam champion, playing in his home country of Belgrade, Serbia. He said that just playing one more match than he played in Monte Carlo would be an accomplishment in Belgrade. This is his second match here in Belgrade.
3: Absolutely, and we got to see Mir Kekmonovic, who's been playing some excellent ball. Just- giving Novak all that he could handle, hitting big from the ground, but all of a sudden setting a breakdown. Novak is never out. The backhand line was an important shot throughout this match, and we're going to okay. see it Good throughout point. the rest of these highlights. Able to catch the inside of the baseline on Kekmanovic, and when the backhand starts to go for Novak, starts to go well, his game follows. Coming in, drawing his opponent forward, quick little flick across court on Kekmanovic, no real move he can make. Novak is able to fight back, take the second set, and then the third set, it was just smooth sailing from here on out. But again, it was the backhand line that set up the winning shot in this point. Kikmanovic lifts one, thinks he's in a good position. Novak says, no, sir. Rips the forehand inside in, and from there on out, Novak ends the match with one of his most patented shots, a shot that we've seen two times already in these highlights, but a backhand line winner, and you know it's going well when you extend the grunt of contact because you know there's likely no chance that your opponent is going to be able to counter that shot.
1: So for the second day in a row, Djokovic defeats a countryman to get to the next round in Belgrade. And he'll get a day off, which he's going to need after playing two straight three-setters. He'll take on off in the semis. The other semis will be set tomorrow, as those quarters will happen tomorrow. So he gets a day off, which he's going to need, Chanda. He talked about playing himself Into shape. And he's had to play three sets now in every single match, the last couple of stops on tour. Is this helping?
2: I think it is. I think getting through the match yesterday where he really had to battle, got a little bit lucky, took advantage of his opponent, maybe getting a little nervous, but that's tennis. And Novak Djokovic understands that sometimes it's just one match. It may be a moment in a match that really sparks your tennis and helps you through the rest of the year. And and I think for um, Djokovic getting onto this red clay, it's a surface where he has you know such an advanced skill set. The fact that he's getting through these tough matches, gaining the confidence and can he's been playing well. He's an informed guy, so it was a good test for the level of Novak Djokovic. A
1: lot of people like Kesmanovic in this match, but Djokovic showed, as despite, you know, being tired, clearly being a little fatigued the day before, he was able to bounce right back.
3: Absolutely, and coming off of his stint in Monte Carlo, where he seemed to kind of give out physically in the third set, that has not been a problem so far here. Three hours and twenty minutes yesterday, another long three set of today against a very informed player. I think we're starting to see Novak. Come back slowly but surely. I think the fitness level isn't an issue at this point. I, I don't see any reason as to why it would be. He's back. I think he's slowly going to work his game. His game is going to be the next part that he's going to start finding uh, his level. And we'll see what happens the rest of this event.
1: Well, up to Spain now, and, and the rain in Spain has not stayed on the plane. It's been in Barcelona. They had a little bit of a delay, and so Stefano Sitsipas, this was delayed from the day before, trying to get out there and finish his match against Ivashka. It was an issue. This was the rain the day before. Shannon, they came out today. Raindrops were still falling, but they managed to get this in.
2: Yeah, unfortunately for Sitsipas, he was up 5-1, so it helps when you can go to bed knowing you've got the lead, but Ivashka, really impressive the way he turned it around. The previous game, before this, he saved great points and got to get opportunities against the Sitsipas serve there, got it done, got it into the third set. But Sitsipas, you know, he's a guy who understands how to play under pressure, how to raise his level. He started getting a little more aggressive, got the early break in that third set, made some adjustments as well there, defending well from the ground, getting the error from Ivashkin in the end. It's just a confident Stefano Tsitsipas who got through that tough match, tough conditions in three sets.
1: So he is through, we'll show you the draw in a second. He's going to be a busy guy tomorrow. Meanwhile, Grigor Dimitrov also had a match delayed yesterday he's taken on Federico Coria, and they had to come back here deep into this match
3: absolutely Federico Coria is an, ex- an established clay quarter he loves playing on the dirt the Grigor Dimitrov is also in fine form I think the clay really accentuates the parts of his game that he does extremely well his movement his ability to dictate with the forehand the variety we see the hands here as he brings Coria in and again just great feel on being able to put balls and deal with balls in awkward situations so Grigor is playing extremely well you see why he loves the clay, has a little bit of, a, of an encounter and a chit-chat with the ball kid during one of the rain delays in the third set. I'm sure that's a moment that, that kid will live to tell the story for. Um, but being able to come back today and just pick up right where he left off. We're going to see him dictating with the forehand like he does oh so well, looking to move all around the court, use his speed, use his athleticism, and in that one, just finding some way to produce a backhand from about eight feet behind the baseline up the line. It's not much more you can ask.
1: So Dimitrov, cross-court forehand winner there, puts him through. Took him a couple days, but Grigor Dimitrov following up on a semifinal run in Monte Carlo. He is through to the quarters in Barcelona in good form. And here you see tomorrow's action. So we're going to have a lot of tennis in Barcelona tomorrow. They're going to have to play that entire third round and then they'll come back and play the quarterfinals as well. So we'll get you all the way through to the semifinals. We'll be starting bright and early here on Tennis Channel and lots of tennis coming at you. Meanwhile, no weather issues in Stuttgart. They are playing indoors and Bianca Andrescu impressed a lot of people with her win over Julie Niemeyer, now stepping up in competition against Arena Sabalenka.
2: Yeah, just her second match back after uh, months of being laid off, and and this was a huge step up in in competition and firepower, and Sabalenka got that first set under her belt with big backhands, good depth on her shots, but Andrescu, she fired back, and she started taking the ball a little bit earlier, finding her game, finding the rhythm, able to get Sabalenka a little off balance at times. And that's been the staple for Bianca Andreescu. You see she was in it. But Sabalenka was so impressive the way she stepped up and raised her level, saved all of the break points she faced in that third set. And four hands like that. Just overpowering Andrescu taking the racket out of her hand. Her serve was consistent enough Sabalenka. She got some free points as well. And from the ground she was just solid. You could see that level her of confidence in her game, game, game. Huge so. angle winner to take that match in the third.
1: So very much a Sabalenka performance. A bit uneven but a strong finish. And she gets through. Meanwhile, Emirat O'Connor, she played her first ever tour level match on clay yesterday. Looked impressive coming back here against the lucky loser from Germany, Tamara Korpach.
2: Yeah, and I thought Radikani did a good job starting this match out focused. Her opponent was just a little sluggish, maybe not quite ready to play. She had the strapping on her leg. It was hard to tell if, you know, she was hampered. And Radikani just kept to the business at hand, was aggressive when she needed to be the Korpach. She's played a lot of matches, took advantage of being a lucky loser to get into this spot and she fought back she had a little bit more firepower in the teeth of the second set and she was able to force play hit more winners cleaned up the unforced errors but in the third set Raducanu again raised her level and I think that's a good sign for her and for her confidence. The ability to step up to start playing from uh, better positions in the court, inside, taking balls out of the air. The serve really held up. She started getting more effective behind her first serve, and staying in points, rallies like that going toe-to-toe helped her get through this in three. You know,
1: she says Clay may end up being her best surface, and she looks very comfortable on the, the dry indoor stuff in Stuttgart, so a nice win. Looking
0: forward, you're going to play somebody that's riding on a wave of success. 20 matches in a row, the number one player in the world. You have never played her. What do you expect? Yeah, I mean, of course, she's in great form, and um, it'll be an interesting match.
3: But she's number one in the world, so I feel like I've got no pressure going out there, playing on clay against her. Um, So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the match.
1: That match he's talking about, a very interesting matchup against the number one player in the world, Iga Sviantec. Nobody playing better than Sviantec right now. And there you see the rest of the quarters. Again, we'll have all four of those matches here tomorrow on Tennis Channel, TC+. All the Tennis Channel platforms will be in action and busy tomorrow with a lot of tennis coming at you. And Chris, looking at Emma Raducanu, she looked really solid there. Still a little bit uneven, but what chance do you give her to stay in that match against Fiontech tomorrow?
3: Honestly, I think it's going to be tough for her. I I think Iga's playing far too well, but one thing that I am excited to see, I am excited to see Emma play a match in which she has no pressure. Since that U.S. Open win, I'm sure her life has just been turned on its head. Everybody is now looking for her to, you know, really contend for more and more majors. And she hasn't been able to do that just yet. It's a life-changing experience, obviously. But I think her match against Iga, she has nothing to lose. You heard her say it. She's the number one player in the world. She's going to go out there. She's going to give it everything she has. And I think we're going to see a very, very free Emma Raducanu tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I think that'll make a Raducanu a dangerous player when she's got that free mindset. It's partly why she took the U.S. Open title. She just did not feel the pressure and played her full game. I think that's what she's going to need to do against Shvantec. I mean, this is the first time that Raducanu will be playing a top 10 player. I mean, it's crazy to think that uh, with that huge run she had in New York. But this is another experience for her in terms of building her game, seeing where her game matches up. And it's these kinds of matches that are important for any player, let alone a young player like Raducanu who doesn't have quite the experience, just to test herself, and hopefully she can play her best tennis, but it's going to be a tough day at the office if Svantec plays the way she's been playing, the speed that she's been playing at.
1: Svantec has barely lost a set in her last uh, seven or so matches. Okay, a lot more highlights to come from the European play when we come back. Plus, after a long search, we have found Milos Raonic. We'll find out where he was. He was ringing some wedding bells. We'll tell you about that when we come back on TC Live. Well, still lots of conversation out there about the big decision by the All-England Tennis Club to ban Russian and Belarusian players. The conversation continues on Tennis.com, your home for tennis news, scores, player profiles, and more the road to Roland Garros, all happening there. So check it out. Meanwhile, we love these warm and fuzzy conversations. And Emma Raducanu, after a couple of nice wins in Stuttgart, sat down and put on the fuzzy slippers.
0: I mean, I guess I can speak a bit of Mandarin if that's a talent
1: I think that is cool would you would <laughs> do you wanna do you want to say something in Mandarin? do you want to say to me like, Hey Michael, that's a pretty cool kit, and I like your slippers
0: Hey Michael what'd you say Hey, Michael, I don't like your socks. what What is?
1: <laughs> why would you I'm say kidding. such a thing? I'm, get, I'm kidding I love them. He didn't put on the fuzzy slippers, didn't Didn't choose to put them on. Well, they are nice slippers. You can catch all of those warm and fuzzy conversations at TennisChannel.com or on the Tennis Channel app. When we come back on TC Live, we'll share the latest wildcard controversy out of Spain caused by yesterday's Madrid announcement. We'll take you through it when we come back on TC Live. On TC Live, there's what the road to Roland Garros looks like the next few weeks. The men and women will come together in Madrid next week, then Rome the week after before heading to Roland Garros for qualies. And, of course, Roland Garros kicking off on May 22nd. To Stuttgart we go. Paolo Bedosa playing about as well as anybody in the world on clay, taking on Elena Rybakina.
2: Now, this was a big hitting match with Paula Bedosa showing just a little more consistency in that first set. And Rabakina didn't have a great serving set. She was wrong footed there. Everything just going against her. She would be fine after that fall. The red clay trying to get the footing is tough for, for everybody. But Rabakina settled down in that second set, started raising the level on her serve. That gave her more opportunities to step in and hit forehands like that one. She was able to take that second set it came down to the third set tie break after both players traded breaks earlier in the set and Bedosa able to be a little more aggressive stepping in finding the forehand playing with a little better court positioning there and it literally came down to one or two points down the stretch and Bedosa played those points just a bit better she has been one of the informed players and continues her run uh, starting here in the red clay
1: perhaps on a collision course there with Iga Swiatek. To Belgrade we go now. Andre Rublev, the number two seed here, playing his first match of the tournament against Yuri Lehechka.
3: Taking on 20-year-old Yuri Lahechka, who earlier this year semi-final Rotterdam as a qualifier, losing to Stefano Sissipas So he's been in fine form as we see him come to net. The beautiful drop volley, really pushed Rublev. Was able to get the first set, but then Rublev began to be the Rublev that we know, taking big cuts, moving his opponent out of position, and just absolutely finding his range from the ground finding his confidence, dictating play, and really just establishing himself as I'm sure he's trying to get his footing on the red dirt. On to the third set we go. This set was all Rublev, dictating with the forehand, something we know very, very well, very intense, and just absolutely clobbering the ball. Lehechka had absolutely no chance. Good to see Rublev able to kind of regroup after a battle of... The second set where it was kind of in a tiebreaker. And then the third set just absolutely rolled to an easy 6-2 win.
1: All right, so Rublev is through in Belgrade, where the weather has been good. And so now we get to the social net. And we start out with great Canadian player Milos Roundage. We haven't seen him play since last July in Atlanta. And here's a good reason why he was taking some time off getting married. Congratulations to him marrying his bride, Camille Ringoir. Gosh,
2: beautiful pictures. I mean, the setting was absolutely stunning. The bride, the dress, everything. I mean, we love seeing wedding photos, right? And especially when a player hasn't been on tour for a little bit, at least this explains it.
3: Absolutely. And Milos, even when he was on tour, is a very private person. You don't really get to see too much of his inner circle. So for him to end this hiatus, find the love of his life, marry the love of his life, I'm sure he's on cloud nine right now, and we look forward to seeing him back out here on tour, hopefully. Hopefully we didn't interrupt his privacy too much, putting his wedding
1: photos on TC Live. We had to see it look great. He's posted it on social media, and it looks great. Congratulations. Meanwhile, a little bit of a wild card controversy has broken out in Spain. Of course, wild cards for Madrid were announced yesterday. Only one of those nine wild cards went to a Spaniard, and a lot of the Spanish players are speaking up about this.
3: Chris, they're not happy. Yeah, I know Fernando Verdasco in particular voiced his concerns and voiced his displeasure on the fact that there was only one out of nine Spaniards uh, that was granted a wild card into the Mutual Madrid Open. Fernando's been around for a while. I'm sure he sees himself as a guy who represented Spain very well, number eight in the world, really thought he deserved a wild card. But as Fernando knows, just like all of us know, wild cards are very subjective. Sometimes they do it on merit, sometimes they do it on business, and it's just... It's kind of the catch-22 of uh, owning a tournament and trying to run one.
2: Yeah, especially nowadays where tournaments are owned by different entities, sometimes management groups, and those wild cards are given uh, based on different things. It does not, a lot of times, come down to nationality anymore, Uh, but he makes a good point. But, you know, I can't really argue with the wild cards in terms of the players that were given those spots, but I can definitely understand his point.
1: Chris, you're the last person among us who actually have gotten a wild card. How do you do it? Do you just call someone and ask for one or how does that work?
3: I wish it were that easy. No, (laughs) a lot of times you just have to kind of put together enough weeks at the right time of the year and hopefully get your name out there in which people want to, you know, see you play in their event. They said, you know what, this player, this young man or this young woman has been playing extremely well. We really want them to come to our event because we think they're going to bring crowds out. We want to give them an opportunity to really showcase their ability on one of the biggest stages. So that's typically how it goes. But usually at every wildcard announcement, there's usually some unhappy uh, players as well. So it kind of comes with the territory, and I think a lot of the players know this and kind of have just grown to accept it as part of the job. Andy Murray uh, was criticized a little bit. He
1: said, hey, I'm happy to play qualifiers if you want me to.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, if I'm given a wild card, am I going to turn it down to play qualifying? I mean, the tournament wants him there. He's a big draw. As Chris, you mentioned, ticket sales, all of those considerations come into play. And certainly, you think about his career, what he's done. He's earned any wild card he gets.
1: All right. Well, folks, get your rest tonight because we're going to be busy here on Tennis Channel tomorrow. A full day of action. It'll start bright and early at 6 a.m. with the Barcelona round of 16. The quarters will then follow that same day. All the rest as well. We'll see you back on TC Live in a minute.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
1: shot of the day and it wasn't just a hot shot from Novak Djokovic it was a big shot and a big spot
3: in his match against Kecmanovic. Absolutely it was a hot shot but it was a patented Novak shot. Anytime you hear Novak on the run to the backhand and that grunt gets a little bit longer louder you know that things are probably not working in your favor. Get things stretched on the run and finding a way to pass Kekmanovic. Kecmanovic did nothing wrong. That's just a testament to Novak's greatness.
1: All right, a look ahead to tomorrow and a lot of really good-looking look, good matches. Francis Tiafoe will start things off against FAA. A lot of folks like Big Foe in that one. And then a great matchup of ladies, Anjabur and Paula Badosa, a top-ten matchup. That'll be in Stuttgart. But let's start talking about Emma Raducanu. We saw her highlight earlier now taking on the unstoppable Iga Swiatek, who really hasn't lost a set lately to anyone what do you think Emma has to do to stay close in this one?
2: Well, I think she's got to start by being aggressive in the midcourt area as often as possible. It's what she did to turn around the third set in her match today. She also was more effective behind her first serve, moving it around the box a bit more, going for the angles, trying to open up the court. She's going to have to do that against Iga Swiatek. This is the first time she's playing a top-ten player, so she's got to go in with a level of belief but also use her game from the start and work through this match, make adjustments the way we know she can.
3: Luckily, the conditions in Stuttgart, I think, help Emma a little bit. A little bit quicker. I think she can hopefully be the aggressor in these points, really take it to Svantec, and really just kind of swing swing away. Play free. She has nothing to lose. First time playing a top-ten player, and she's a Grand Slam champion. That's not something you see too often. So really looking forward to seeing that matchup. I think Emma's aggressiveness, she's going to have to really dial in because Iga is one of the best movers on tour, and if she tries to run side-to-side with her, it could be a tough day at the office. Later in Barcelona,
1: it'll be Stefano Tsitsipas trying to repeat his run to the finals in this tournament last year, taking on Grigor Dimitrov, who is playing well right now. The winner of this is going to have to play again same day. How do you think that plays into this for either of those players?
3: Honestly, I think that probably gives Grigor a little bit of an advantage, only because Stefanos put together such a great week last week in Monte Carlo. And we know Stefanos is a workhorse. He loves to really give his all every time he's on the court. However, I think he likes his odds going into roland Garros. He's going to have to kind of take his time, manage his body properly. But I think Grigor is playing in fine form as well. I think Grigor has the game to be able to upset Stefanos. And really, as long as he executes well, he's moving well, and that forehand is firing, he has just as good a chance as anybody.
2: Yeah, I think for Dimitrov, he's got to look for chances to be aggressive. Sometimes he can get a little passive. He's got so many shots in the tool bag that he can kind of weave points. But against Tsitsipas, who looks to be aggressive, who is very comfortable coming in and attacking the net, I think he's got to play that attacking style of tennis, use his serve. The second serve for Tsitsipas, those can be opportunities to step in when Dimitrov uh, hits a second serve. So I think Dimitrov has got to keep that first serve percentage up. That's going to be very important on this surface as well, and certainly use the fact that maybe he's a little bit fresher because you know he hasn't played quite as much tennis as Tsitsipas has recently.
1: Well, you know who's going to need to be fresh tomorrow? You, Chandarubu, because you're (laughs) going to have a busy day. You'll be back here on TC Live with me, as well as call a lot of matches. You get a day off, so enjoy that. We'll see you here in a couple of days. A lot more tennis coming your way here on Tennis Channel, Encore Coverage. We'll see you back here on TC Live tomorrow.
2: Have a great Tennis Thursday.